Sampha is a singer-songwriter, producer and musician from Morden, South London, and is one of the UK's most enigmatic young artists in 2022. Sampha creates electronic soul and R&B and is highly praised for his considerable songwriting and production skills. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves. Scratch my. I don't have any stubble on my face. I was trying to. You're too clean, Jay. Yeah, yeah damn it. Hey, <laughs> what's up, everybody? It's Rooster Grooves. You know it. I'm Jesse. Across from me in the avocado shirt looking fly is Jay Purcell. We are talking about Sampha. Yeah. The artist. Welcome along, everybody. Uh, one, one second. Okay. <laughs> I'm hyped about it, too. That was a technical, I, there was a technical reason behind that. Oh, well, I was just clapping because I was uh, hyped. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So awesome. Good to be here. We're talking about Sampha, a cool um, artist. It's uh, electro soul, electronic soul, mm. R&B. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I don't know if you could use the word progressive maybe a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Like he's pushing the boundaries. Yeah, uh, you very know. much so, I think. <clears throat> Not just pop, but like, yeah. R&B soul singer songwriter mm -hmm. but it, but experimental electronic beat maker mm -hmm. as well I would say yeah 100% um, yeah yeah uh so I mean let's just get straight into it that he's won a couple of awards he's won the the worldwide awards mm. um I, I don't know that's what they're called apparently that I don't have a better Yes. Uh, Album of the Year for Process. Giles Peterson Worldwide right. Awards, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then he also won the Mercury Prize Awards in like 2014 or something like that. Which like is great, yeah. Uh, sorry, that's a big moment. I saw the award, the video clip where he was awarded that, by the oh, way. Oh, really? I don't know if you want to mention it now, but um, maybe. We're here. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're talking about it. So Idris Elba, of all people, awarded it to him. Uh Mercury Music Prize, if people don't know, is a big music prize in the UK. It's been going since the early 90s. They only, it's not, unlike other award ceremonies, they just, it's about albums. And, you know, it has a, so like that, I think they only nominate, what, 10 albums or something like that each year. I can't remember what the that final short list goes down to. It might be 10 or five, really short number. But it's like, you know, modern classic albums mm -hmm. like uh i think radiohead's okay computer might have won it or been nominated you know um, we're talking about albums that are like really important and still actually historically if you go back and 
see some of the ones that have won it. They're like really good albums still mm -hmm. to this day. And Sanfa won it on his debut album. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. And it's a really emotional big moment because we'll, as we'll get into like Sanfa's character and who he is and stuff like that, like it, a tear came across my eye, a tear of joy when I saw the, the short clip of him winning that, mm -hmm. um, which you can check out on YouTube anyway. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely yeah. a poignant moment. Yeah. Like you said, his his debut album is his one album that he has released at, at up to, till this point. Today. Yeah, yeah. So he just has one album out and some other uh singular releases. Mm -hmm. Um and he's worked with some some really big artists. Yeah. You know, we're still just talking overview here. He's worked yeah. with Kendrick, he's mm -hmm. worked with Subtract, he's yeah. worked with Jesse Ware, Kanye, yeah. Drake, yeah. um, Solange. Yeah. So like absolutely some of these mega huge artists yeah, yeah. Um, caught attention mm -hmm. um, or, you know, they, they, Sanfa came up in their world somehow Yeah, because yeah. he was just starting to work, you know, we'll get into this later, but they, yeah. they, they got the attention and he just started collaborating with these huge artists, big yeah. things were happening. And for whatever reason, this, this kind of like, um, you know, not politically, but like kind of conservative type person, kind of an introverted type shy person a little bit yeah. is mm -hmm. how I would describe Sampha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just just through his character and the things he's creating musically mm -hmm. garnered a ton of attention from really top yeah. creative minds around the world. Yeah, yeah. And I just think it's the story that we're talking about here, we're about to tell is very cool because I don't know, it just seems like he's a very powerful guy one way or another. Yeah, and people really like reflect on what he's doing, or they really respond to what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's making like big splashes and waves. Yeah, just kind of coming onto the scene. Yeah, and I just think it's really interesting because he kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Not a huge musical background as far as connections and stuff, but he yeah, just yeah. kind of made his way yeah. straight to uh, the the top, we could say. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, it's one album of is his own. Couple of EPs. That he did by himself before then uh but yeah a lot of um collaborations and i think that's where a lot of people might have come across him through different avenues mm -hmm. and um and uh but like and he also yeah 2017 is when his album did come out process and it's and he hasn't really done much since then and <laughs> because of how shy he comes across and stuff like that there's been a lot of people on youtube comments like where is sam for now like, i hope he's okay i hope he's doing all right and, mm -hmm. I don't know what he's doing, but he has had some high profile drops recently. Like he was on Kendrick's latest album, right? On a mm -hmm. track there. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big new release that came out this year. Yeah. Um, and he did ha does have one new single out um, with an artist called Lil Silver, which just came out. Uh, so there is new music coming out, but yeah, maybe not as prolific as like, people would like him to be he's kind of like i feel like d'angelo has more music out right now than, <laughs> than yeah. samfer and d'angelo's notorious for like working an album for 20 years and then ditching it or something like that you know but <laughs> for sure and and i think we're still kind of experiencing the beginning of samfer's career yeah yeah you know which yeah. is really cool yeah and really special that yeah. um that you know thank you for bringing him up he's a great yeah. artist and it's gonna be fun to talk about him and see what he does into the next 10 years had you heard of him before? Uh, uh, indeed, I have. You have? Okay. Yeah, but not super familiar, and I, I, I didn't. I'm not intimately familiar with the specifics of his life or him yeah, as yeah. a person or his music in general. Was it via one of the big collaborations that you 
might have heard of him or mm, I think he's just come up just kind of one of those things that's come up I've seen his name in a couple right yeah surrounding peripheral yeah. type things like on a article and somebody mentions him or yeah. I think I think I heard of him somebody like on Twitter one of my mm. followers or people I saw on Twitter was just like oh I need to get me some Samfa and so it was just like saw it and I checked it out from there yeah um but never really dove in super deep right. until this week yeah, yeah um so this is a great opportunity for me to learn about Samfa and I really liked what I heard mm-hmm. very like soulful honest vote like vo- yeah. voice vocals yeah definitely he does his own vocals um he makes his own beats and stuff and the the music is very very intimate i guess i would say yeah yeah no it's it's very good and some of it's more upbeat but all of it has this kind of nostalgic melancholy type feel yeah like it's very feely yeah he's very like emotive Mm -hmm. um and expressive with the music and his vocals and i think that's what really it's just like a really human thing like you could feel his humanness his soul through the music. And I think that's the way people are so easily connected to him. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And um, we did an episode on Jesse Ware a while back. It was one of our problematic technical episodes. It did finally get released without video, but uh, the audio is out there on YouTube and podcast platform. But um, I discovered Sam for the same time as Jesse Ware. Mm -hmm. And it was because of this album by Subtract SB. T-R-K-T, Subtract. Um, he released an album just called that, self-titled in 2011, I think. Um, and it wasn't too long after then that I came across this album. And, and Sam was all over it, really. Like, he's on a lot of tracks. And when I got into this album, I, like, searched on YouTube and I found some live performances because Sam went out and performed with Subtract kind of thing. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but I wanted to, like, play this track which is off of that album. It's one of the early tracks that I discovered Sam from. And uh, yeah. this track's called Hold On. Subtrack, a track called Hold On, featuring Sampha, who is our artist today, today on Roots to Grooves. And yeah, I was bumping that album a lot um, at the same time as Bonobo, Black Sands, I mm. think. Um, they came out same year, apparently. I didn't, 2010, that um, oh, you, actually came out. You're familiar with Bonobo? Uh, you know, I, most of my information from the Mobo, Bonobo comes from this podcast I listen to, um, RootsToGrooves.com. <laughs> is it any good? Um, no. He, well, there's one guy that's really good in it. But <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, which one is he talking about? It will ever be a mystery. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 
again, we did we did an episode on Bonobo. I also did an episode on Jesse Ware, but not Subtract. Um, Subtract is a guy. Some, Aaron is his real name. Subtract um, comes up enough throughout all these episodes. Yeah, we should probably do one about him. But yeah. he's another elusive one. He hasn't released anything since 2016, album-wise. And, you know, Sanford hasn't... His album came out in 2017, so... But um, we'll talk a little bit more about maybe Subtract in a little bit. But um, but Mr. Sanford, um, he's from London. I don't know if we've said that. Born, yeah. born and raised in Morden, South London. Um, real name, Samfa Lahai Sisse, uh, born in 1988 in South London. Um, his parents uh, came from Sierra Leone originally in Africa. Um, yeah, that's like the West Coast. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if people don't know, I think they had a lot of problems with like corruption, diamond trading, violence and stuff like that and um his parents moved to london in 82 they already had four children at that point so samba has oh no maybe more than that i think he has five brothers yeah he's the youngest oh. of five brothers yeah um yeah they're all older siblings there's yeah. junior yeah john mm -hmm. saney mm -hmm. and ernest okay one two three four yeah yeah and he's the fifth one, I guess. That's how yeah, the yeah, math yeah. works. Yeah, <laughs> that's how the math works. <laughs> Just to clarify, yeah. But uh, I think most of them, Junior, John, Saney, and Ernest, spent all their formative years in the, the hometown of uh, Canema. Yeah, so they were all born there. Sierra right? Leone. Yeah, yeah. So the whole fam's from there. And I um, think there's a 10-year yeah. age gap between him and his next brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. there's a little um, bit of a gap for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, quite a big gap. Yeah. And uh, like you said, his dad was a diamond evaluator. Mm, okay. So he was definitely yeah. up in that yeah. diamond industry, right? Yeah. I guess his, his dad's name was Joe. Yeah, and uh, um, I guess um, yeah, just going yeah. off that, he got a new job and moved the family to London. Right. So yeah. probably to switch for the the reasons you mentioned, corruption and just some whack energy over in that yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. So let's move the fam to a little bit of a safer, more stable environment. Yeah, civil war happened. There oh. a few years later, so they they left before the civil war, I think. But okay, still obviously crazy. Yeah, I mean dangerous vibes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about the history of Africa. I'd love to know more. Mm -hmm. But that'll be for our history podcast. Yes, when we we make that in the future. <laughs> um. So Samfa, his father died when he was nine. Yeah, I do mm -hmm. know this. Yeah. So rest in peace. Um. And yeah, that that sucks. I don't know. Yeah. Where do you want to, where do you want to, how far back do we want to start? Well, I know um, before his dad passed away, three years old, um, mm -hmm. I don't think they've lived in anywhere else other than one house in, in South Morden, the first place they went to. And um, Sanford said, I think when he was three years old, there was an elderly couple that were moving out of a house across the street. Mm -hmm. And they had this piano they were trying to get rid of. And his dad bought it off of the neighbors for like a couple of hundred pounds brought it over to the house and um and that was Samfa's like direct introduction into like playing an instrument it was the piano um i guess the yeah. his parents said it was it was kind of supposed to be a replacement for watching tv oh really yeah so i like, kind of like here's something instead of just watching tv do well, something productive cool. yeah yeah and i mean yeah that's what a great yeah. you know influential yeah. thing to do for your kid 
Yeah, and, uh, and it was obviously a game changer for Samford because he was really drawn to it for mm -hmm. some reason. Um, he mentioned about only playing the black keys on the piano um, because apparently, like, if you kind of do that, you can't really do a bum note. Like, if you just noodle around on the black notes, they're all like in the same key, so it, yeah, it, it won't. Yeah, it's hard to make it sound bad. Yeah, so he said it's kind of like you could feel like you were actually achieving something or accomplishing mm -hmm. something on the piano, even at a young age. Um, and side note, one of his biggest influences, Stevie Wonder, I believe plays a lot of just the black notes, right? And in his songs, okay. I might be wrong about that, but I think Stevie Wonder does a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah. And his tracks just, just, yeah. I mean, and, and obviously no offense to anybody, but it has yeah. anything to do with being blind. Is it like a feel thing? Like it's easier oh, I don't, to I don't know, know where I don't think so, because Ray Charles did everything, I think. Right. So. <laughs> no, just a random <laughs> comment from my brain. I'm like, what? But I don't know, yeah. yeah. But cool observation yeah. nonetheless, either way. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, so that's some really formative early stuff. And then I guess yeah. you kind of discovered music production as a young teen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess Saney was, Saney is 16 years older is what the His info brother. that I have. His brother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he had built himself like a makeshift home studio in his house yeah, yeah which was also in morden like just up the block i guess yeah and i think showed him uh some of the gear as well right a little bit yeah i think like, he kind of introduced yeah. him to yeah. to to the basics yeah, yeah i don't know exactly what equipment they had though um i do know that sanford i think he started producing on reason which okay. is the software um which i used back in the day some people still use it now the digital out of Seattle right now he uses reason um uh, if anyone's ever familiar with it it's kind of I don't know if you've ever seen it Jesse I've never used it or seen it it's kind of, the way it's sort of laid out is different than other software because it's like based around like the idea of like a rack so if you think back in the old days you'd have a rack of like samplers and synths mm -hmm. and just reverb and whatever so the software is like a virtual representation of racks and you can like click a button and it will turn around and all the cables will be there it has this like oh. weird transition when you like flip it around the cables like sort of like move a little bit it's like animated like yeah. feels real <laughs> like you physically just swiveled it around <laughs> it's kind of cool but it's kind of cool because you can patch repatch things into different uh things so and stuff it like that. feels like you're physically doing something yeah if you're just using your mouse yeah yeah so it's like it's more about that kind of analog yeah representation of doing things and it has a sequencer in there and it's just, but it's just kind of, you know, all each of these softwares has a different approach to making music. And I find the reason can be a little bit clunky, but, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of like drum and bass uh, producers used to use that. Like a famous guy out of the UK called LTJ Bookham did a lot of his tracks in there. And I don't know if Sound for Seal uses it today, but, um, but it's still around. And it's actually, you know, anyway, I'm like giving an ad for like fucking reason. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. I'd be down. It, but yeah. it is, it's interesting to, when you bring it up, because I don't have experience with it, but yeah. the more I learn about the different DAWs, yeah. digital audio workstations that are out there, you, the more you kind of see that they, they each have their own characteristics and almost yeah. their own like perspective of how to go about making a track. And they're kind of yeah. engineered in a way to facilitate that perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of like, guiding you into making music right because if you think about logic or pro tools it's all about the timeline mm -hmm. right yeah and then like reasons all about the rack and all the different modules mm -hmm. and then ableton's all about the little clip ideas mm -hmm. that you can create it's interesting and i think like a lot of people use them all or some of them like i use i still bounce between ableton and 
logic, you mm-hmm. know, for that. But yeah, but it is weird. It's like, it's kind of like, yeah, here's a way to make music. <laughs> yeah, it's like specialized for this style yeah, yeah. of creation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's cool because we have all the different options and we can, yeah. there's no rhyme or reason or rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to make up our own rules and boundaries. Yeah. And I think that's healthy. But yeah, so Sanfalite really uh, do- called himself a beat maker. But the funny thing is, is he also said that he's always sang. He never really pinpointed a time when he started singing. He mm-hmm. just said he's always sung. Like he sang at school. He like always just sang. And, and, it is, and it's funny like hearing like piano was his first thing. And I th- he even today says that's like the foundation of his music musical knowledge or bass or whatever is the piano right and he even did this really great track um on his album process right called no one knows me like the piano and like uh the album track's really good but also if you watch the npr tiny desk version of it it's amazing as well i did not see that yeah live performance of it i'll have to watch that later yeah but Um, he is talking about that piano that specific piano from well, the funny thing is, because like I, I watched the Tiny Desk thing a long time ago, a few years ago, and I, and I was like remembering the story about the piano, and I thought it was in an interview, but it isn't. It's in the lyrics of the song. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I remembered it. It stuck with me, and it's like, yeah, he he's basically puts you visually there, like in, in the house with his mum, and because also his mum passed away whilst he was working on uh, Process, the first album, and she had battled cancer for five years actually heard his dad died of lung cancer as well um and but yeah in that song um no one knows me like the piano he he's sort of evoking his you know memories of playing the piano getting into music and then his memories of his mum as well so it's mm-hmm. really really like tear-jerking kind it's of a really sad emotive song yeah yeah i mean um, yeah I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like we should play it. But no, it's kind I, I know. Of, it's, it's like a I, moment. But the NPR Tiny Desk one is, is a really good rendition of it that he did. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't yeah. even, I'm going to yeah. watch it later for yeah. sure because the, yeah. the tracked album version is very emotive and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really conveys that yeah. that raw emotion. But I can't yeah. imagine what a live version of that would yeah, yeah. convey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, can imagine even more powerful. But yeah. And then, I mean, but yeah, he sort of described himself as a beat maker and he, he, He's really good, like experimental beat maker. Um, when I hear his, if you can, you can kind of hear it on his early um, EPs, and we have a track actually. I might play in a bit mm-hmm. off of his very first EP, but even his second EP is called Jewel, D U A L. It's not one of those words that my accent makes it sound different when you're in America. Is it Jewel. a? <laughs> is it a a silent D? Uh, like Django, you know? No, it's like. How how would you pronounce? You'd say dual, right, or something in American, D U A L. Or would you say dual? No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm messing you up. You don't know. <laughs> dual. Yeah, there you go. See. Yeah, um, I mean, I get. I'm... And us British folks say dual, which sounds like dual. dual. Oh, that's what I was so thinking. There the was problem. A... Yeah. I was like, is there a J or what's yeah, going on? No. Um, but yeah, on that album though, uh, or EP, <laughs> called Duel. Yeah, <laughs> from Sampha, 2013. Uh, there's a lot of like experimental things on that, um, beat-wise. Like it's a little mm-hmm. bit. It's not. 
He's not even singing on a lot of it, I don't think. Well, he, well made more than his first EP. But, right. Um, yeah, initially he wasn't putting vocals like on a lot of his uh, recordings. He was like focused on being the beat maker kind of thing. Like, Real quick, yeah. let me back us up one second. Yeah. Because I'm still, I'm still putting a little this together from, from the piano to his first yeah, releases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just a little bit. Because I just want to touch on this guy, Quez. Mm-hmm. K-W-E-S. Okay, yeah. I've heard of him, but I'm not familiar. So I guess he's a he's an artist in the same-ish genre or scene, I guess, in the London scene. Mm-hmm. And um, Sampha and Quez got together. I can't remember how they met, but they... I think it was MySpace, maybe. Oh, no, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah, that's the next sentence in my notes. Is <laughs> they met on MySpace. But that, so, they, yeah, 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Sampha was starting to make beats, like you were saying, and he was uploading them to MySpace. Mm. And that's how he connected with Quez. Okay. So this guy Quez helped put put things into perspective for him, like just as far as basically everything, like mm-hmm. how to be an artist. Yeah. Um. And he went on to introduce Sampha to Young Turks. Right. The which record is, label. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. That and that, which I guess is an offshoot of XL Recordings. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Um. But through Quez, Sampha met basically this whole community in this scene of like-minded artists. Oh right. Yeah. Um, some include Ghost Poet. You've heard of Ghost Poet. Didn't he uh, do something with one of the other artists we talked about? We did talk about Ghost Killer. Ghost Face Killer. Oh, Ghost Face Killer. But Ghost Killer. Poet, didn't uh, Tom Meesh do something with Ghost Poet? I don't know. I don't recall, but okay. maybe you're, you might be okay. right. Okay. But I'm ignorant to it. Uh, another band, Dells. D-E-L-S. Okay. Not I heard of them. Don't know. No. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. And then uh, Mikachu. Okay. Oh. No, I'm not familiar. These are they still around? Do you think? I don't know, but I, I have no idea. I don't want to say some good names to check out, though. Maybe. But I mean, yeah, I bet there's some really good some music coming from there. those artists. Yeah, yeah. So check out Quez K W E S, yeah. Ghost Poet, mm-hmm. a band or artist called D E L S Dells, mm-hmm. okay. or Mikachu. Right. But very cool. So he would upload tracks to MySpace, and uh, the response that he got from the peers around him was was really liberating, mm. and he felt like he was understood. Yeah, you know, for the first time, okay. especially going through this adversity with his parents yeah. passing away. Yeah, yeah, you know, not that they happened right at the same time, but yeah. obviously that makes you feel things. Yeah, definitely. and makes him feel like you know he's lost mm-hmm. these these people who he communicates with and knows very well. Yeah, at an intimate level, and those are taken away from him, and. He, we all still want that connection and yeah you know that's and also being the youngest you know in a family where your brother next oldest sibling is 10 years older than you and then the rest of them are even older yeah like a lot of distance yeah because they would have you know probably moved out of home you know whilst he was still young and yeah so yeah no exactly yeah um so i guess this yeah he kind of came to this moment of understanding Mm -hmm. um and he said pure sonic communication, mm. which I thought was cool. Um, and he just, yeah, it was something that he actively sought out. And it, it, this, these beats and stuff eventually turned into Sundance of the debut EP. Right. Yeah. Um, so he finally got something together, put that, de- that EP together, and it was really good. Intricate instrumentals. I think it was almost predominantly all instrumentals, mm, that yeah. first one especially. And yeah. it was released on a CDR by Young Turks in 2009. Right. So good going for him. We have a track. I have a track of it. Let's do it right now. Um, it's not on Spotify, at least. I don't know if there's any other streaming platforms, but 
This is from Bandcamp? Bandcamp, yeah. Uh, it's actually really good. A lot of these artists keep up their old work on Bandcamp. So samfa.bandcamp.com. Sundanza is the name of the EP. And I like this track, Shades, track number five. production right uh, yeah, good shades that's a track off of his first ever release solo release some danza uh interesting little thing that he wrote on bandcamp about this that i'll read out it's kind of funny okay <laughs> some danza is a collection of early productions of mine while away on some adventures away from home my brother accidentally deleted the master files from my computer so they exist only as low quality unmastered mp3s it was originally released on very limited, very limited hand-sprayed CDRs in 2010, but I decided to make it available again with all income going directly to the Youth Cancer Trust. So if you buy that £7, you can buy it for £7 on uh, Bandcamp, and the income is going to Youth Cancer Trust. But yeah, the fact that it's <laughs> un also unmastered MP3s, yeah. Like you can hear it's really mixed really well. You can hit, tell it's like rough a little bit, lo-fi, but the mix is like really spot on, I think. Yeah. Like of all the elements. And there's a lot of elements going on in that track, mm -hmm. I feel like. It but, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. Just, yeah. just like maybe not quite as high fidelity as it once was. Yeah, but composition wise and like sounds like out of the gate <laughs> like yeah that's great. the first thing he releases <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean it's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah so just coming on very strong yeah and then and there it is yeah so that's 2009 yeah um around the same time there was a lot of good vibes with that record label too right yeah. um because that they just signed the xx at that time as well okay yeah and their yeah, xx yeah. is still doing pretty yeah. big things i think they yeah yeah. You know, they'd probably be a pretty good band to talk about on the podcast, actually. Yeah, they could. They kind yeah. of mm -hmm. staying on that nice underground kind of thing, but they're doing huge things under that umbrella. But side note about them, I, saw, I don't know if you ever saw it on Hulu. Or many years ago, they had this sh series of uh, A Day in the Life, and they did different people, and XX was one of them. Oh, it nice. was like the first time I heard about them. I didn't really know who they were and mm -hmm. kind of followed them through a day in their life in the studio and touring and stuff like that. I'll have to yeah. check it out. That sounds yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I like me some XX. Yeah. Um, so around this time, the XX was enjoying their debut album success. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was popping off for them. Yeah. And then they just signed Sampha. So expectations and they were, were high. Right. People were expecting kind of big things. Yeah. 
um, just just on the vibes of the the record label. Yeah, you know, seeing a lot of success with what they were doing. Yeah. So, and then you know, I think he met expectations. Yeah. With Sundanza. Yeah. So so where do we go from here? How does how do we get to the second EP? I mean, I think we already you already touched on a little bit, so we don't have to go too into it. Yeah, I mean, Subtract was uh, a big kind of collaboration in his life. Mm -hmm. Subtract is an artist. Aaron Jerome Folds also signed on Young Turks. Um, Sanford was a lot featured heavily on his first album. They also put out an EP um, called Break Off, I think, um, which is crazy. It's really good as well in its own right, Sanfer, Subtract and Sanfer, Break Off. Um, and yeah, the reason I mentioned him, because like Sanfer said, he, he was key in him sort of learning more about the business kind of thing, or, or just the music career-wise kind of thing. He said the first time he performed live was with Subtract's uh, first radio appearance, first music festival. Um, he also said about Subtract, it was really interesting being so close to someone that had a lot of uh, drive and ambition and vision. And he said like how he could take an idea and turn it into reality is something that he got really inspired from Subtract about kind of thing. Nice. So he calls this his formative years. Like, you know, I mean, also, I think in his own right, he's sick producer, Sub, uh, Sanford, but, but yeah, the fact that he really kind of highlights Subtract and his experience with him as uh, like being really important to him kind of thing. Um, Sanford was treating yeah. it like a, an internship. Kind of, yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> He's like, I'm just learning. I'm just yeah, making yeah. a couple EPs right yeah. now, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm barely even starting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there was that. And then um, uh, I think, you know, he did a few other sort of collaborations along the way to doing his first album process. Um, like you said, we had his EP, he had a duel, <laughs> his mm -hmm. proper first EP after his, you know, brother deleted the masters of his first one. <laughs> um, 2013 came out on Young Turks. Um, he also, I think we talked about this track Valentine from Jesse Ware, right? Um, oh yeah, we did. There was like, that was a big track for her, right? I think we mentioned something around that. I can't remember. Something. Yeah, something. Um, so yeah, he was doing a lot of these like collaborations and, and it was leading him up to the process, which is his first big body of work, the album. Right. Um, and uh, well, I mean, what to say about it? There's a lot to say about it, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I guess the, the one thing I want to say on the peripherals before we sure. get into process was it was 2010 when his mother was diagnosed with cancer. Right. Um, just so to, to line up this timeline. Yeah. Um, so I think at some point he moved back in with his mom. Yeah. To help take care. Yeah. Um, so just, just to get this little narrative. Yeah. House cleaning stories. Yeah, yeah. For what Sampha's up to. Because I just think it's important to know what he's going through this adversity while he's making this come up with music. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, it's really, I don't know. It's just like what a, he's a human, you know, yeah. and he's feeling all these things, but he's being very. Um, you know, having integrity and perseverance to, to build his music career while he's also experiencing like personal life issues. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just saying he's a hard worker and he's he gets through this adversity really well. Mm. So I mean, yeah, and and then to connect how he's working with music, like he he worked with Drake, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some other big artists, we worked with Kanye's on the life of Pablo. Mm-hmm. So from like the 2010 to 2015 kind of area, right? he's basically, yeah, gets these EPs done and he's working with other huge artists. So he's doing this huge, huge artist collabs before his first album comes out. Then. I think that's, that's right. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think that must be right. Cause I did see there's an, a short clip of an interview with him with Pharrell Williams mm-hmm. from Pharrell's podcast. Um, and he's talking about the album then, like that it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. So to yeah, to them being on a podcast with Pharrell Williams, you must have <laughs> already done some other stuff. Right? And yeah, just hearkening yeah. back to what I was saying at the yeah. beginning, like yeah. I don't know how this guy developed so much clout about himself, mm. seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Like his his Saney, his older brother had a little music experience, but I don't think he really toured yeah. or saw like success in music. No. Yeah. Necessarily. Um, but he's basically like a nobody and like all of a sudden he's working with Drake and Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just hearing, um, hearing him, you know, mm-hmm. um, he didn't really say like how, like people, just one thing that, um, you that, know, that, someone asked him about what the experience was like working with like Kanye and stuff like that. Um, all he, the, the main thing he really talked about was like, um, which is very similar to what you said about subtracts was that seeing this massive talent up close and intimate and how they work mm-hmm. like that that's what he really took away from it kind of thing and it's interesting because he comes across Sanford comes across as a really like shy person quiet person very like introverted and you would think like maybe someone like that wouldn't be able to even like perform around a huge artist like Kanye kind of thing but but no it's like I don't know it's like he seemed Sanford seems to just take it all in and, and do it and not really thinking about the celebrity side of it but thinking you know here's an artist that I do value and like mm-hmm. myself and now I get the chance to see up close and personal how this person actually works you know mm-hmm. their drive their ambition yeah their creative process and and that's what he took away from these experiences more than anything else which is interesting to me whilst also performing really freaking well on these recordings like, yeah <laughs> yeah as exactly. a vocalist and all that yeah, just making crazy. fire beats yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah i know he he mentioned because it's really cool to see these you know larger than life personalities like kanye yeah um or drake you know what i mean and but to see in in the flesh like oh these people are humans yeah and they're they're just like you said, I'm just basically re- reiterating what you said, but like to watch them work and see that they're physically, you know, actively like engaging with their work and how, how hard they want to try and how, yeah. you know, yeah. how important it is to them that they really take it the extra mile to, to get something really good out of what they're creating. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're really not just like, oh, Conyers, oh, yeah, make a beat, I'll rap on it later. Right. You yeah. know, taking it like they take it seriously. And yeah, so they, yeah. he's learning. And so Sam was, he's, I just like that he's, he's really looking around at his peers and seeing how other people get stuff done yeah. and being, you know, aware and observing yeah. how he can, how can he, he can use those techniques. Yeah. And I think the other thing he said about that as well was that, uh, it gave him more confidence about what he was doing to have someone of that stature, like what he was doing musically, like it, it sort of gave Sam for more confidence. There's also what you said about that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, because, yeah, as creative people, maybe not, we don't really know what we're doing is right or whether people like it or not, or we're shy about sharing it because it's kind of vulnerable and whatever. And 
to have these massive talents be like it's so good that we want you to like work with me kind of thing right actually side note i saw a documentary about bill wyman he was uh in the rolling stones do you know of him yeah he, what, yeah. he was the, is he a bass player uh yeah he was the bass player and it's a great documentary out about him because he, he was someone that like documented his whole life kind mm-hmm. of thing and through photography and video and he creates all these in-depth archives and stuff like that but he in that documentary he talked about when he discovered ray charles like ray charles was like massive inspiration for him kind of thing and he was starstruck to the point when ray charles like met him like he he said that oh ray charles is in your dressing room he would like to meet you kind of thing <laughs> like at one of his shows he did i think after the rolling stones yeah and uh and and ray charles offered him bill wyman to like work on his next album and he said no really he said i'm not good enough yeah because that was one of those situations where he met one of his heroes and talents he was offered the chance to like work with him and he just couldn't do it It that's amazing no i can't do that so he was just too scared he's too scared he literally told roy charles i'm not good enough to do that like yeah this is bill wyman from legendary bass player from rolling stones yeah so but some for you know some for david dove in he did it you know um Maybe it would be different if it was Stevie Wonder, because I know Stevie Wonder's a big influence on Sanfa. Um, so maybe if he got offered that opportunity, it would be slightly different. You'd have different. to take it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, though, would you? It's like, I, would, I would think I, if, I would be, like, nervous as hell. But the thing is, you should always do things that make you scared, right? That's what they say. <laughs> only time you can be brave is when yeah. you're scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I would say take it. If anybody's wondering if you should take an opportunity, I say take it. Yeah. If it scares it, you to death, this pro- you should probably... That's probably better. Except yeah. I wouldn't jump out of an airplane. But, you know, that's a different thing. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm good on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think I could die happy person without yeah, never, jumping out of a plane. Never done that, yeah. Who I mean, needs him? Yeah. It's a perfectly good plane. Yeah. Let's land this bad boy. <laughs> uh, so... Process. I mean, so so process. Yeah. So I mean, that's basically, we've been describing his process up into getting to process his debut LP. Yeah. When did this come out, Jay? Um, 2016, officially, it says on Discogs here, mm-hmm. on Young Turks. Um, yeah, it was a great album. There was a lot of great tracks on this. Um, we opened up with Plastic 100 Degrees Centigrade. Yeah, so that's a great song. Yeah, really good song. Um, one of my favorite tracks, I think we're going to play in a bit, is Blood On Me. Mm-hmm. And there's also some interesting stories about how he made that track as well. Um, um, yeah, I mean, this is his body of work. It's like his, it's different than his e- earlier EPs. Um, the track we played off of his first EP is like sort of jazzy, breakbeat-y. Yeah. The second EP after that, Duel, is a little bit more experimental uh, stuff. And then Process is more um, where he brings his singing to the forefront, I think. His production is still very much there, but it, but it takes like a backseat and gives room for his vocals, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, even on like that, yeah, No One Knows Me Like the Piano, where it's a very piano-led track kind of thing. Um, and there's a lot of like quiet moments in this album, I think, 
like but yeah it's very intimate personal album for him like we said his mum passed away after battling cancer for five years he moved back in with her and and as he was starting work on this working through it kind of thing and so in the interview with Pharrell he said you know there was a lot of peaks and valleys highs and lows love and loss you know the so that was really reflected in this album the other interesting thing he said about it though is he like he it, whilst he drew inspiration from his own life he was writing as if Sanford was a character mm. like it was writing from the perspective of a character instead of like directly personal sort of thing right like, um that's that's cool because yeah. i think it could help you look at a situation in a more objective standpoint yeah to, to crit criticize it or observe it yeah you know when you're it's so close to home yeah like you need a little bit of distance yeah and that's actually something you specifically said i think is it this is another artist that cinema is and film techniques is really important to him and like you know he kind of sees like he was sort of asked about the lyrics kind of thing and it was sometimes he was just like um they said well the words just come out of me you know i just sit there and they just come out when i'm in that get to that flow state they just come out of me kind of thing um but he also sees his lyrics as like and he said something crazy about like kind of like looking at things from a camera angle mm. you know where it's like cut cut different scene new scene you know or whatever where it's he didn't say it in that way but it was i think it kind of relates to that distance that you're talking about like being objective about it like instead of like he's drawing drawing on personal things but he's like yeah looking at it through a camera angle at a character kind of thing and right he, yeah. he's taking the outside yeah. perspective and looking at himself yeah. from somebody else's kind of point of view yeah type thing maybe yeah a little bit yeah but it's very it's complex man i think it's like even the way he described it is it's like i think i kind of get where he's getting at but mm -hmm. it's like it's, yeah it's, i mean it's yeah. it's weird because i yeah. mean we're doing like almost like mental gymnastics yeah in order to a little bit uh, to like <laughs> to extract information from a situation, from an anecdotal story, something right. that yeah, happened yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It is weird. It's, yeah. it's hard. We're, you know, these esoteric, I use that word too much probably, but the, these, these vibes, yeah. how do you describe them? Like, it's weird. These stories, yeah. how are you supposed to internalize these stories? How, how does it make me feel? Like it, it is, you know, humans are complex yeah. and our emotions and our state of emotion is complex. Yeah. And I mean, read a, a science textbook. We don't even have it all figured out. Right. You know, what, what emotions are, how they come from. Like we got some basics on all this stuff, but there's still a lot to be known. Yeah. There's a lot of mystery to the, the human psyche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's, but he's, yeah, this album process is very much like a memoir of his last kind of 10 years dealing with, you know, the stuff that his mom went through and that he was going through as that was happening. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah a lot of the lyrics are touching on that and it's very mm -hmm. touching yeah um to use that word again and then but the but the music and just everything generally comes across very emotive and very human and very you know good the beats are good the music's good mm -hmm. um it's emotional it's vibey yeah. it's it's i don't want to say fun to listen to but the beats are good and they're entertaining yeah, yeah and with the vocals on top it puts it next level and really makes it a really tight 
you know, emotive pro, um, album, yeah. body of music. It's really great. Definitely. Let's play Blood on Me from Process. Let's do it. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the funny thing about that track is he said that uh, he literally uh, uh, went out of the vocal booth and ran around the blocks to make himself out of breath so he could sing parts of the song really? out, out of breath. Yeah. Oh, nice. So if you hear it, it's like there is those like inhales in between things. And it was like he made himself out of breath to do that. It's crazy. Just give it more of that, uh, I don't know, raw feeling. I mean, to me, it gives conjures the image because you know the lyrics are like, you know, they're gonna was it they're gonna come for me? I already forgot it, but um, yeah, they here they're like, coming for me. You yeah, know? yeah, so it's kind of like you get that vibe that he's running away, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so using that, yeah. I don't know what you would call that a technique, you just of like, some sort yeah. to to help um, create a plot and narrative within yeah. your song. Yeah, that's what I get from it. Like yeah. almost like play acting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like getting that, you know, um, yeah, that energy to like emphasize, yeah, the narrative. I think how you, how you said it was right. Yeah, okay. I don't have another way to say it. No, yeah. I mean that's great though. But I mean, yeah. very cool what Sanfa's doing. Yeah, yeah, and just another testament to how he can, how far he's willing to go yeah. to communicate with the audience. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah, because certainly you don't have to go jogging to no. make music no, necessarily no. but this guy's willing to go jogging yeah. for his track yeah yeah and i like that yeah well obviously you can't do that every live show though so. <laughs> and now before this next track let me uh run around the stage <laughs> that's that's why he that's why he has uh before he comes back out for the what do you what do you call it when they they gotta come back out oh is it sophomore maybe? no no, no like the like the thing. end of their their set and the oh, band encore. walks off the encore, encore. right? Yeah, he, yeah. Like Sanfa's running around the stadium, right? <laughs> a couple times we can deliver that last track to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, he. Um, I think you know he's another one of these artists that uses music as an escape. Um, like he he's mentioned before about like on his day to day, he doesn't talk about things that are deeply personal to him, to other people on a day-to-day -day basis. But in his music, it's a it's an opportunity for him to kind of reveal things that might be at the back of his mind or subconscious kind of thing. And, uh, you know, he goes into a studio and he 
you know, he puts these things together and just sits in front of the mic and throws out words and stuff like that. I think he does that more often than he writes things down, like with a pen or anything like mm. that. I think he just tries to like uh, have the track on in his headphones and just like burst out the melodies and whatever words come to him kind of thing. And I think he's really trying to sort of tap into his subconscious and what he's feeling and, and just lend it out through the music. Right. Like, as from what I gather from the way he's like described things. Um, but which is, you know, yeah, because if you see him talk in interviews, he comes across as very shy and quiet. Mm -hmm. But in the music, it's all all emotive, right? And even in the live performances, like he is he, able to like pull that out in front of people, especially at someone like Tiny Desk, where it's not even a show, it's like an like a, a office building full of staff members looking at you so it's essentially no like a else. production yeah 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 and you're all of a sudden supposed to be super yeah. intimately yeah. you know emotive and present your songs in a really great way yeah while everyone's like cameras are rolling now <laughs> do it now so i would say like maybe shy is not the best way to really describe him because he seems he doesn't seem to be nervous when the spotlight is actually on him right and like you, you know? said he's yeah. confident yeah and he's developed this confidence about him yeah like he's confident on stage his confidence like a production he's mm -hmm. confident around solange and mm -hmm. kanye and drake and you know all these people so it's like we we could say he's yeah. more reserved reserved yeah 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 that'd be a good way to say it like in person yeah yeah but um i mean yeah my main takeaway from him would be that he's just like gentle soul or whatever mm -hmm. or like you know um but but, it, but in his music is where you really get to understand who he is as a person kind of thing. And he, yeah. and he does it well. He doesn't hide anything, I don't think. Like, right. Yeah, in his music. So. And yeah, when you listen <laughs> to his music, you realize how like kind of big of a person he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it really comes across. Deep thinker. I think, you know, we've covered a few people on this show that are deep thinkers, mm -hmm. uh, actresses. Is a deep analytical thinker, but he doesn't do any vocals. But mm -hmm. I, I'm getting sort of similar vibes of like levels of complexity in thinking about things. Right. Especially with Soundfest production, there's a lot of, if you actually try and analyze the music, there's a lot of things going on there, like alternating rhythms, opposing rhythms, mm -hmm. layers of vocals, layers of other chords and instruments. Yeah. The timing of things is like really off kilter in a way and interesting mm -hmm. right and and that is just like you couldn't really plan that that must just come out from the flow right being in the flow and just like yeah <sighs> and like you said like yeah, yeah. i think he he does lean into that he's trying to go for that flow state of creation yeah not the complete like over meticulous like i yeah. i'm in charge i have a huge ego and i'm gonna make it sound <laughs> dope like this he's just like i'm gonna turn up the dope yeah uh turn up knob. the dope to 11 exactly <laughs> Uh, but no, he's trying to channel that subconscious yeah. emotion and yeah. letting the stuff blow out, letting the lyrics come out yeah. when they want. And I'm assuming he's doing this with like melodies <clears throat> too. Like he's just allowing his, when he gets an idea and he's listening to the track, he's just lets it come out as an idea yeah. and tries to keep it as natural and untouched as possible. Yeah. Just, you know, getting that flow state, that subconscious stuff and let it, let the music flow and be created through him. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is an art to get to, I don't know, is it an art to get to the flow state? I, well, it's hard. You need space I, and I, time. Right. I yeah. think what we're, we're talking about, and, and similarly, a lot of these artists <clears throat> who we talk about, 
they they're creating structures you know they're creating boundaries and structures of their mind in order to get to the flow state like you have to create something to let yourself be free mm-hmm. you know again we've talked about like putting yourself in a box for more freedom yeah type of thing and it's like that like creating a structure so you can move about your world and operate effectively and efficiently mm-hmm. um but leaving a, a mode of you know, transportation for music to flow through you. Yeah. Like creating these pathways for music to flow through you mm-hmm. rather than creating these boundaries where you're, you have to create yeah. like consciously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I hope I'm getting the, the idea across. So it's a little bit of, uh, to get to the flow state, you have to, um, organize your life or your day or a structure in a way that will allow for it. Right. I Just mean, like we talked yeah. about in the last episode. Yeah. Um, polo and pan yeah like they do their their chores and exercise at the beginning time of day before 12 noon yeah and and so then their mind is free to be creative yeah and not thinking oh i gotta exercise oh i gotta do my laundry the dishes my family yeah like keeping stuff compartmentalized and separated yeah yeah. and they create that in their mind and in their their daily routine Mm -hmm. and they use that to channel power yeah and it's crazy yeah and look what these guys are doing yeah really cool stuff and we're all capable of doing that yeah yeah that's true i mean we're all capable yeah i mean there's talent as well like i think like there is something natural talent or you know i don't know yeah everyone's capable of doing it but it's like tapping into it is maybe hard for a lot of people there's like like different receivers like equipment like Mm -hmm. televisions and they all have antennas yeah. There's higher quality ones and there's less quality ones, and we're we're we're, we're antennas, right? As people, <laughs> and we're channeling things that are happening, yeah, in the universe. Does your TV still have an antenna? Mine's just broken and mine's bent, <laughs> and I'm barely picking I up got, anything. I got out a here. metal coat hanger on mine. Everything's yeah. pretty staticky for me. If you stand on one leg, you can get uh, CNN. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird because that's that cable. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I get Apple sorry, TV. Sorry, I wasn't okay. trying to make fun of your uh, analogy, but uh, <laughs> I got what you were saying. It was just funny to me because the antenna is like an old technology, like but it's antiquated. But yeah, but it's actually a more beautiful analogy than satellites. I don't know. Yeah, well, you can make satellites romantic, maybe or and, uh, we're all. But they use that in different ways. People, we're all satellites. You know, they well, use it in a different way. But, no, true. Yeah. But it, but it is. Yeah. But either way, it's yeah. about communication yeah. and taking some information and connecting it with other information yeah. to communicate and to connect. Yeah. And to come together. Yeah. yeah. You know, music, people, culture, vibes. Yeah. Past, future, yin, yang. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going off. <laughs> I'm going off. Uh, but that's all I got on Sanfa, Jay. Yeah. Um, I feel good about this. I feel, uh, me I too. think we did him justice. Yeah, it was a great episode. I mean, there's not a lot of info about him out there. He gives minimal interviews. Uh, even his three minute in like, or, or four minute clip on Pharrell Williams was punctuated by long silences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people said that's awkward, man. I was like, really? It's just, yeah, he's just very, he just, Sanfa's a very like normal guy mm-hmm. and he's like around like celebrities that 
have more of a pizzazz or like this about them kind of thing, Char- like charisma, charisma or whatever. Whereas Sanford doesn't care, give a shit about that stuff. It seems like he's just very like down to earth and a normal guy that you right. you probably bump into down the pub and have a chat with about something kind of thing. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and you he even with his level of success in this little analogy, you wouldn't know that he did music. He'd probably just talk to you about cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you'll be like, oh yeah. Also, I'm gonna meet Drake and Kendrick Lamar on Saturday. So. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, this guy, you do music, huh? Okay. Yeah, you okay. do music. Um. What else I was going to say? Oh, yeah. So if you like Sampha, um, we, I don't know if I wanted to talk about Muzi for a second, mm. just to not for long, but to just say we recently interviewed an artist out of South Africa called Muzi, the very first interview. Um, but a lot of his stuff is sort of in the realm of Kay Trinada. He's also worked with Kay Trinada, Muzi. Um, so I just wanted to put it out there because by the time this episode came out, we we might have already dropped the Muzi um, definitely discussion, which is also really inspiring and interesting to hear directly from an artist. Um, I don't think it's something we're going to do a lot, but sparingly here and there kind of thing. Um, but you know, but uh, I mean, it was a great yeah. discussion. Definitely it check it out. Yeah, yeah very yeah. insightful. Yeah, very cool artist Muzi coming out of South Africa. Yeah, and he has a lot of cool things to say and a lot of uh, you know about life and about creative process yeah yeah so it was it was really eye-opening and yeah. we really got to dig into some good questions about yeah how this artist got to where he was yeah you know in a really direct way yeah it was cool getting to talk to him yeah. in person on zoom but in person yeah. on zoom right yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> um check out the Muzi interview yeah hyped about it cool artist and uh, i was gonna hit, we're gonna play out on a brand new track from Sanford that was released yeah, this year because uh, yeah, a lot of people have been like, "Where's Muzi?" If you like, uh, so where's Muzi? Ah, we know where Muzi's at on the video. Yeah. And the, the, where's Sanfa? Um, is it literally a Google question? You know, like Google suggests questions now. Like if you do a search, oh yeah, one of them is like, "Where is Sanfa <laughs> now?" <laughs> it's like a "Where's Waldo?" Yeah, something like that. But he's coming back. I think he's been working on material and doing things and covid happened and all that you know so, no yeah it's been a wacky yeah. couple of years yeah um but i'm sure he's working on some big stuff yeah but i think we've only seen the first of sampha yeah i'm excited to hear what his next stuff is going to be like this track is actually really good so yeah i think yeah no yeah that's all i got on sampha though if you guys have any cool stories about sampha any corrections um or you saw sampha live you want to tell us about it we'd love to hear from you uh hit us up at the email j Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. It's backwards how you cyclone me. Sinkhole, black hole, control me. Backwards, I'm moving slowly. It's backwards, you say it's all Restricted, restricted by a ton of phrase. Mm. Conflicted, not by what you say, but how you say it. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, 
visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.